listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 65 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz and I'm alongside Liam Baum as per usual. But I'm going to tell you guys something right now. Right here, right now, I'm going to come out and say it. We are not happy today. We are far from happy. It is, it's been three games in the Montreal Canadiens season, and Liam and I are already furious. We're going to tell you guys a little bit about that today. Uh, But nonetheless, welcome to the show. We're excited to be here, and look, we're keeping up our consistency a little bit. So back-to-back weeks, we're back. Unfortunately, like I said, we're not happy with how things are going through one week of hockey. But Liam... I'm throwing it on to you right away like I usually do, but I want to hear your honest thoughts. I want to hear the raw material you have for me today because I, I don't. let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not make the Montreal Canadiens organization sound better than it is right now. Tell me your thoughts, feelings, emotions. Go. Yeah, so first of all, I, I'm not really furious for how the Habs are playing. It's more of the circumstances that have that have been happening to the Habs. So... Right away, the other day, I'm sure everybody knows this by now if you're a true Habs fan, Kirby Dak tears his ACL and MCL, I believe. It was, it was a full tear. Um, so season's over for, for him, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that, that's the first big blow. Then a couple days after that, it might have been the same day. I, I, I can't remember. But in Switzerland, David Reinbacker gets a lower body injury. He's out for between one and three weeks. Not too bad, but again, halts his development. Then we get the news. Big Habs prospect. I mean, not super big, but, you know, could play a vital part in the roster in a few years. Emil Heineman suffers a upper body injury, and he's out long term. It is deemed that it's a very serious injury. So once again, halting some prospect development. And then the other day, Caden Gooley, the first report was that he broke his wrist and he was out six to eight weeks. But thankfully, some light shined upon us and he's only out for one to two weeks, it seems like. So, I mean, that's the only positive that it's not six to eight weeks, but four injuries in the first damn week of the Habs season were already going to be technically at 81 man games missed if we're counting all of Kirby Dax games missed. So right away, we're leading the league in another stat that we don't really want to lead the league in. So yeah, big blow right away to the Habs roster. Liam, I'll tell you why I'm furious. I'll tell you exactly why I'm furious. Because atop of all these injuries, which absolutely suck, and to be completely honest with you, as a true Habs fan, do not make me want to tune into the Montreal Canadiens games much, much longer. Because having a guy like Kirby... Kirby Doc in that second line role alongside Newhook and Slav in that first game with Toronto was absolutely exhilarating. It was something that we looked forward to. It's something that we were excited to watch. And now all of a sudden that just completely disappears. And the truth is, is that, yeah, you know what? The injuries suck. Gooley's injury, like you said, should be shorter term. The, the injuries in the AHL slash um, prospect development, you know, in, in the Swiss league for, for, uh, Reinbacher is not great. 
it's it's a bad week. And we even, we talked about it last week. You just brought it up, man games lost, right? We talked about if the Montreal Canadiens can limit their man games lost this year, they can actually stay competitive for a, for a longer period of time. Now they're already, they already took a step back in that category. And the reason that I'm furious, Liam, is because amongst all these injuries, this team is actually playing poorly. And we can talk about this for the next 30 minutes if you'd like. But the truth is, Suzuki's not showing up to the table. He's not bringing, he's not bringing anything to the table right now. Slavkovsky isn't playing at a, at, at a great level without Kirby Doc. The guy that's showing up is Caulfield. There's below average goaltending. I mean, now all of a sudden, because we lost Kirby Doc, we have Josh Anderson in the bumper spot, who's, in my opinion, not a, not a power play player. The second power play consists of Tanner Pearson and Brendan Gallagher, which is, again, depend, it's situational, but doesn't look good right now. I mean, we're 1-1-1, one, one, and one, one week in, and I think that this team is potentially a bottom five team in the league already. Yeah, for sure. I mean, after that Leafs game, it was like, oh my God, the Habs might be able to score some goals this season. You know, it's a different team if if we're healthy, but, you know, it's just so disappointing that we're already dealing with injury. Like, they can't catch a damn break. But the good thing is that they love to start really strong, the Habs. Up 3 nothing against Chicago, then then they were close to blowing it, but they get the win there, which is nice to see. But then against Minnesota, you know, we've been talking about this forever, the power play. You give up two shorthanded goals to Brandon Duhame on the same power play. First time since 2009 the Habs have done that, given, given up two shorthanded goals on uh, the same power play. So, you know, power play is still an issue, seeing no improvement there. Five-on-five five plays, well below average. And like you said, this team is, they're bottom three, if not bottom five. They, I, they are bottom three, in my and, opinion. And, and, and Anaheim has evidently surpassed them, in my opinion, in terms of, the development of their of their younger stars. And again, it's been three games. So I, I understand that, you know, overreacting is not the right thing to do in this situation, but they have a lot of young stars that are actually showing up right now. And our young stars that we've drafted in the last few years and that, you know, that that we're expecting to take that next step are staying relatively stagnant. So at what point, and look, I, again, like I said, I, I know I say I don't love to overreact and then I overreact. So I'm a little <laughs> bit going against what I believe, but, I'm overreacting just as a just out of emotion right now. But look, the Montreal Canadiens were Friday today. The Montreal Canadiens play tomorrow Saturday night against the Washington Capitals at home, right? I I can't tell you that I'm looking forward to that game, Liam. I cannot. No. No. And and look, I will still tune into that Mon- I will still tune into that Habs game. I will still be watching. I still want to see what happens. But man, some of these guys that you want to see look good do not look good. Uri Slavkovsky has every raw asset, physical trait to be a good hockey player in this league, and he looks completely lost without Kirby Doc. Now, granted, yeah. I think it's incredibly important to have a very con- a constant center who's there to make his the players around him better. And obviously, when that's flip flopping between Newhook and then you know when they were short a man in the second game, obviously that that stuff changes. But man, adding Pearson to that line doesn't make that line any faster. And Newhook's still a young center who's learning how to play the position. And Slavkovsky's still learning how to be a 
complete hockey player, let alone a one-dimensional hockey player. It's yeah. concerning. I mean, at least Tanner Pearson has two goals, but then again, it's kind of sad to think that he's tied for the the lead in goals for the, for the Canadians. But on the other hand, just switching it up real quick, I just want to throw it out there. Laval is also 0-3 and 0-3-0, or maybe 0-2-1, and so they don't have a win yet. But, uh, you know, our big, big prospect upcoming, Joel Armia. He's got three goals in three games. <laughs> so if we need to call him up, he's ready oh, to dude, go. Dude, that's, if, that's, if, that's uh, if that's what we're getting excited about, we have big, big problems. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it straight out. I'm absolutely jealous of 10 to 20 other franchises in this league that are seem to be doing the right thing. I look at Anaheim, and I know I keep bringing up that situation, but you look at their lines, and they have Leo Carlson, second overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. He scores his first goal in his first game. He looks like a complete player. He could skate well. He could shoot well. His hockey IQ is good. Zegris, Troy Terry, Mintyukov, um, Drysdale. I'm naming all these guys. And people forever wanted to shame the Anaheim Ducks and say that they're the worst team in California. They're worse than the San Jose Sharks. They're worse than the LA Kings. Fine. No problem. But they have a bright future ahead. They have a bright future ahead, and they did the rebuild right. They made the right picks, and they made the right decisions at the right times, which is going to lead them to future success. Right now, I don't see... And I'm not trying to jump the gun. I'm really, really, really not, because it takes time for guys like to develop in general. But do we have one forward prospect that we should be looking forward to right now. Name me one that doesn't include Slav. Well, this and, goes. This just goes back to to our terrible drafting and just bad choices. Like again, we both like Reinbacker, but the guys on the table there, you know, it's different. But you go back to Slavkovsky. Like obviously, you don't know who's going to be the better player. I think the Habs did make the right choice at the time. But you look at Cooley. The guy's playing power play one, tearing it up, point per game. He he looks like he just fits in perfectly. And it, that's exactly what the Habs need, a guy who can get points. I don't know why we keep going after these guys, but I don't want to talk about drafting too much. It's just no. disappointing. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. And, and there's one thing that I want to bring up, and I think that you'll let me know what you think of this. The one thing that scares me the most about Kirby Doc's injury and the Gooley injury, which is short-term, but I'll, you'll understand where I'm going with this. It's that now the reoccurrence of these two guys' injuries over the course of their career is becoming to label them as injury prone. Yeah. And sure. you look at Kirby, uh, Kirby Doc's injury timeline, you look back to 2020, he fractures his wrist in the World Juniors. Then you move on, he re aggravates that injury in the same year. Then he go, enters the COVID protocol. Then he's out with an illness. Okay, whatever. The COVID protocol, whatever. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's up in the air. But you, you get where I'm going with this. Then you see a shoulder injury. Then the next season, it's a lower body. And then this season, it's a torn ACL and MCL. Like the guy clearly can't catch a break. But at what point are we going to say that the 21 year old, 22 year old is in a really bad place to start his young career because he keeps getting set back in terms of development? And same thing for Keaton Gooley. I don't think that he's ever been healthy for more than, I mean, he's been, he's played two full seasons now. Well, he's been in the league for two seasons now, last season, year before, and the one before for a bit, correct? Correct me if I'm mm, wrong. No, I or think, maybe just two. Yeah, just two. I think it's just two. But nonetheless, he hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. He hasn't been able to stay on the ice. And I'm scared because these are guys that we want to depend on for the future of the Montreal Canadiens and for the future of this team and who are going to play vital roles. But if they can't stay on the ice, then that just hinders their development and sets us back completely. 
So that's what scares me the most as a franchise, because when we're looking at a rebuild, we want to look two, three years ahead. But if the guys that need to be on the ice to, to, to make this team better in the long run are not on the ice, then we're going to have some serious issues. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just correcting you. Caden Gooley's first season was actually last year. So he just right, played. So it- this is his second season. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, definitely for Kirby Dak, who's I, he's older than than Kanan Gooley, right? Kirby Dak is twenty two. Yeah, so 20. Kirby Dak, he's a year older because uh, Kirby yeah. Dak was tw- uh, the twenty nineteen draft. So no, so then again, it's it's more concerning for Kirby Dak just because every single year he's not playing fifty games. Like the guy can't get any development. He can't grow as a player if he's not playing. Right? Like you're not going to grow from sitting at the top of the Bell Center with Caden Primo, which is another story we have to get into, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's very concerning because these are the guys that the Canadians need to develop to, you know, eventually push for the playoffs and they're not, if they're not playing, you're not getting any better and it's just going to be the same story at the, at the start of next season. We're going to have all these guys who are just stagnant because they haven't played games and it's not the Canadians' fault, it's not the players' fault, it's just we can't catch a break. Can't catch a break, and you know you in in a season where you where we no one had any expectations for the Montreal Canadiens. You have expect you have expectations for individual players, right? You have expectations for Slap. You have expectations for Suzuki. You have expectations for Caulfield. But as a team, you didn't really have any expectations. You didn't think that this team was going to be a playoff team. Maybe stay competitive until uh, you want to say maybe until the new year. But that's about it. You're like, yeah, like, how- like maybe maintain a 500 record. Right, right. And stay relevant until all those teams start to, you know, level up their game. And, you know, the teach, the, yeah. the Buffalo Keepers and the Teach Thompsons of the world and the, the, the Matthews of the world and the, in the Atlantic Division specifically start to step up their game at the right time. And Montreal doesn't have that, doesn't have that capacity. Mm-hmm. But, dude, we're, we're already sitting here three games in. And again, maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but three games in. And I think we've all accepted that the Montreal Canadiens, I feel like I say that a lot, the Montreal Canadiens, just the halves, are not going to be competitive this year at all. And maybe that benefits them in the in the long run, but maybe. But at the same time, it, when your team doesn't have expectations, it's their time to play with no pressure and just personally develop as a hockey player. Because when you're under pressure, these guys are maybe they're I, I can't speak for them, but maybe they're nervous and they don't perform the way they should be performing. They don't play the way they should be playing. But when there's no pressure on you, this is the time to you know sneakily have good seasons. And build chemistry with your line mates, which after the first game was looking really promising when Dak, Slaff, and Newhook were playing together, as well as um, Suzuki and Caulfield. So, you know, it, it's it's just tough to see where the dire- I say this every every episode. I swear, it's just tough to see the direction the Habs are going when they, they actually can't catch a break. Just saying it again, uh, Liam. I, I'm I don't know, man. And then and then I and then I. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm interested in the Arizona Coyotes. I'm all of a sudden, people are paying attention to Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz of the Arizona Coyotes. And oh, and all of a sudden, Logan Cooley is a fantastic hockey player. Yeah. Oh, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Slaff, but the, we have never been handed anything, anything ever. We've never got lucky. Nope. And I, I. It's, we... uh, we don't sign anyone. Like, again, we could be overreacting here. Maybe they figure it out. But, you know, I'm just waiting for that Instagram post that says, thank you, fans. Merci. Season's over. Pack it up. So, I mean, Look, man, you know you have a real... And I said this... I uh, I don't know. I think I was talking to someone. 
and he made a very good point by saying, you know there's a problem that when Kirby Doc is out of the lineup, you have next to no flexibility. Now all of a sudden, Tanner Pearson, the guy that you acquired late in the offseason for chump change just because you wanted to fill a roster spot, is on your second line, uh, second power play. Like, are you kidding me? Don't get me wrong. Tanner Pearson deserves a role on an NHL team where he plays bottom minutes. But to all of a sudden slot him in and expect that Tanner Pearson is going to aid the development of guys like Newhook and Slav, I'm throwing my hands in the air and I'm upset. And the truth is, is that I'm not, and again, I know we said it, I probably am overreacting because if Slavkovsky scores the next game, maybe my, maybe my mentality changes. <laughs> but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to sit here and watch and just be like accepting of the fact that if we're not going to be good, at least be competitive. But we're not even competitive. Guys are getting injured. The development is going nowhere. Laval stinks. Joshua is our best forward prospect, which tells me nothing. No offense to Joshua, but like the truth is, is that he's not a particularly exciting prospect. Well, he's about, done his damage in the queue. What about our prospect Joel Armia? <laughs> you have to stop making jokes because I'm very, I'm I'm upset and I I don't like your I don't like your sarcasm. But well, another another issue is that Caden Primo is just sitting at the top of the bell center. Like, why isn't he playing games? Like, they suck. They suck. Why can't he just play and at least try and? And what? You know, and sorry to cut you off. What's with the penalties? <laughs> like ridiculous. Why is it? And, 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 and let let's forget the fact that it's penalties. It's ozone penalties too. Three last you're, game you're, in one period. You're, you're two hundred feet from your own end, or two hundred feet from your own goal, and you're and you're taking offenses on. Now, granted, the Slav one was a questionable yeah. call. He went for the stick lift. Da 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 da. But that's just one of the three. Like it, it can't right. happen. It can't happen. Like I'm I'm. I'm so devastated, and I wasn't... Look, again, like I said, we weren't looking forward to a season that was going to be Montreal Canadiens in a playoff spot and, and you know, at the top of the Atlantic Division, pushing for pushing for a bye, like... Or, no, no, what a... Uh, pushing there's no pushing for a wild card. Push, exactly. No, but... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I, don't, I mean, the, a positive we can take away from this is that... <laughs> it's really early to be saying this, but... Hopefully Sean Monahan gets big minutes and we're able to sell him off at the deadline for something as well as, you know, well, maybe David Savard, maybe Christian Dvorak. That's the only positive I'm looking at here is those guys can get elevated, not David Savard, but just get elevated minutes and get something in return since you know, I, it seems I'm, like it's a throwaway season, but not to over. I'm over that. Uh, sorry, Liam, but I'm over that. I'm over the, I'm over the let's acquire guys for cheap and then flip them at the deadline. I completely understand it, and I think it's a way of doing things. But how many draft picks are we going to acquire before one of them actually hits? Okay, Lane Hudson looks amazing at BC. Uh, BU? BU. He looks yeah. amazing at BU. He's playing with, uh, uh, with Ce Celebrini. Celebrini. That guy looks like an absolute stud. Yeah, but it would be nice to have him. It would be nice to have him. It's too bad that if if we're not picking in the top three, it's full of defensemen. And oh wait, we took a defenseman last year, so that's awesome. But anyway, all that to say is that yeah, Lane Hudson is an awesome prospect, but that's a steal. That was a draft steal, and those happen every so often. It seems like the Habs can't hit in first round picks. But can I, oh, oh, the one thing I want to see is put Newhook on the left, put put Monahan at center, and put and put Slav on the right. Like what's with this Newhook down the middle and and Pearson on the left? Yeah, like, like why? Play, play the guys where they're going to be playing 
when the roster is healthy, right? Like you don't you don't want them to be adjusting when everybody's healthy and no one's gonna know where to stand, no one's gonna know how to play defense. But you know, I Look, just I, yeah, yeah go no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All I was all I was gonna say to your point is basically we're three games in, and yeah, I know Kirby Dog got hurt, but like now we're throw now we're switching up the lines every other game. It's been three games. There's been three different line combinations. I mean, uh, yeah, you you send you send Harvey Pinard up to the first line, and you send Pearson on the left. But like, how are guys supposed to adapt and gain chemistry by doing that? We've mm-hmm. been doing this for the past five, six years, even even under uh, even under Claude Julien, it was always switching up the lines. Even under Don Ducharme, it was every other game switching up the lines. Now we're under Mar- MSL, and I'm sure he's trying to keep the lines together. And if he could, he would. But it's really bad for chemistry purposes. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, what I was going to say before is that I, I'm just going to name you a few teams and you tell me if you, after one week, obviously we're, we're not trying to overreact here, but this is after one week of hockey who you think will finish either below the Habs or above the Habs. Habs. This is going to be fun. Let me just grab my team, but go ahead. Right. I'm, I'm not going to name you the obvious teams, like the top teams, but I mean, I will actually, because there are some bottom feeder teams that are doing very well. So let's start it off with. The Columbus Blue Jackets, will they finish above or below the Habs? Below. That's the only really? team I'm going to get. Well, I think... I, I think... Okay, what am I saying, man? Personally, I think they're going to finish can, above. Can I just... Okay, that's fair. Can I just tell you the teams... I, I have I have two or three teams that I think that will finish below the Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. and that's about yeah, it. Let's do it like that. Sure. Okay. Then I'll give my... Three. One being Chicago. I below? think Chicago. I think Chicago will be one team that will finish below the Montreal Canadiens. That's okay. one, and it's going to be close. I don't think. I think that the Montreal Canadiens will obviously string some wins together, but but I think it's going to be close. That's that's one. My second team, evidently, is the uh, San Jose Sharks. I think that they're mm-hmm. they're huge the worst team in the league. Yeah, they're the worst team in the league, so it's not hard to beat. And other than that. My last team, I think, yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick to my guns here. I think the only other team that I would say would be the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. I think I think the Philadelphia Flyers, obviously, got, getting off to a little bit of a hot start, going three and one, which is pretty surprising. But I think that their team, healthy, and system is better than Montreal's going forward for the rest of the season. That's my take. But again, who knows? Maybe there's a fair four team below them. Personally, I think the Habs are the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Nobody even comes close to how bad the Canadians are just because you know I like what Columbus did in the offseason so I, I just think they're a better overall team in the west of course San Jose and I think St. Louis and Chicago maybe are worse other than that the Canadians you know are the worst team yeah so, I mean you, you said St. Louis yeah I, I don't like St. Louis yeah I don't like St. Louis either but again you have to keep in mind that I think that well again it's obviously your it's your opinion and but I just, I don't know. Again, I think that that at the base, you know, they have a lot more going for them than we do. Sure, um, sure. But, but you know, they're just, very, they're just an inconsistent team. But then again, so let's say the Habs finish bottom five guaranteed. Five guaranteed and three probable. Yeah. What, what's what's the ideal pick here? Are we picking a forward? Are we picking a demon? Oh, Are God, we picking? Don't get me into this. I, I swear, Liam. I swear, it's crazy how it's three games in, and we're talking about this. And we literally, maybe two months ago, did a post draft review. Yeah, we did a post draft review two months ago, and now we're talking about the draft. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, I'm so well, fed what, up. What, what can we look forward to at oh, this point? I, what are we looking I forward agree. to? I agree. I agree. And I and the, the 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 gross thing is that I think that if 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 he was healthy, if um if uh Kirby Doc was healthy, this is obviously a completely different story. We're not having. I don't think we're having the same conversation personally, no. but. But now we're in a position that we have to have this conversation. It sucks. It really, really sucks. But I don't know. I don't know like what there is to look forward to. Like we were last last episode, we were so excited about. Uh, we were so excited about after game one. We were excited about Montreal going up against Minnesota and Montreal going up against um, the Blackhawks. And honestly, against the Blackhawks, yeah, sure they scored three. They got up early, but they didn't look good. And and I'm looking at individuals because we're 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 worried more about individual development. And Slav did not look good, and Slav is continuing to scare me. And you know what? I'll say it right now. And I hopefully I don't I'm not jumping the gun. But Leo Carlson's a better player than Slav is already. We're already at that point. That's a take. I mean, he's played one. Is game. it? A, it but okay, the, the but, thing is, the difference is Anaheim's utilizing him. The first game he's playing on the top line with Zegers and Terry. You know you're. Moving around, guy like Zegers is a natural center, but you know they clearly see Leo Carlson as their top top center, so they're playing him okay. there. But where's Slath? I couldn't tell you. Well, he's playing, playing second Tanner line, Pearson. and he's playing with Tanner Pearson. There, there you go. There you, go. You, yeah. you you draft the guy first overall, and and so explain this to me. Last season, Montreal tried a line of Caulfield, Slav, and Suzuki for maybe a minute. <laughs> a minute have haven't gone back to that well since and you would think in a season now three games in that is not looking too too good you put harvey pinard up on that line what hurts to put slab there on that right side let him play with the big boys and if the bi- and if he's not producing with the big boys then you se- then you then you send him down the lineup or send him to the goddamn ahl man what are we? What is this dream and hope we're holding on to? Would we rather hold on to this hope and dream that Slav's going to be an automatic impact player right now, as opposed to letting him develop and maybe takes a few more years? His progression takes a little bit longer. He maybe takes a Ranton in or a Tage Thompson route, but ends up being an awesome player in this league. But what? What's this dream we're holding on to, Liam? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's kind of like the the Shane Wright situation. He clearly wasn't ready for the NHL, so they're playing him in the AHL. They sent him back to the OHL last season. You know. He's getting that development. He's not the type of guy that everyone thought he was going to be, but he's going to grow into a good player. But the Canadians just aren't aren't doing that with Slav. It's it's disappointing because I think if he was in the AHL, I think he would gain so much more confidence, like Caulfield did when we sent him back to the AHL. He'd gain so much more confidence. The team, Laval, would be overall better. They're already a decent team. Obviously, they haven't had a good start, but... They'd be a good team pushing for the playoffs like they've been doing for the last two years. And Slaff is that guy. Right now, he's not even close to that guy. So the, the player development is just in shambles, in absolute shambles right now. Oh, I mean, again, like, you know, it's one thing if he's... if I don't even know what it is, Liam. Like, look, we've watched all three games. It doesn't even look like Slav is trying out there. His feet aren't moving. He's... He's out of position a lot. And look, I'm this the first a, game was great. The first oh, great game. Was oh yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, like scratch that game. I'm talking about Chicago yeah. and Minnesota. Yeah, he he four checks when the puck is off the guy's stick already, 
And I'm just curious, like, what's the what's the mindset? Like, I understand there's players that let the game come to them, right? You look like a, at a guy like Trevor Zegris. He's a very skilled guy, but he's not a four checker. He's not a he's not a go and get and get into the you know into the dirty areas type of guy. He lets the game come to him, and he lets himself be that complimentary player for for the other guys on his line. Slav wants to play like that, no problem. But it definitely you know sets off a little bell in my head or a little siren in my head saying we have a six four power forward who's 220 pounds that doesn't want to get into the dirty areas. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. That's that is strange. Issue. Strange. It's strange. And it, and it begs the question, well, is that the way Slav is being told how to play or is that the way that he wants to play his game? And obviously there's a massive discrepancy between those two concepts, but, you know, again, you utilize a player for what he's good at. And, and, and look, I'll say it right now. You go look back on his film, whether it was in his respective home league whether it was, or what, sorry, well, not home league, when he was playing in um, Europe, in, in Europe, or when he was playing in the world, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the Olympics and in the other tournament there that he played in. Uh, there was one more tournament, no, but maybe not, not the world juniors, but the, the, whatever, maybe U18s, I think it might've been. Okay. But he, w- with the puck on his stick, he was, he was a freak. He was amazing with the puck. He looked good. No one could knock him off the puck. He looked like he was a smart player. He controlled his speed. His pace was good. And all of a sudden, he's at the NHL level. And again, I understand it's an adjustment, but his pace doesn't look like it's changed whatsoever. He doesn't look like he can keep up mentally. And no. it looks like the decision-making is a step or two slow. He, takes a sh- he, he, want, he knows he wants to take the shot on the power play when the puck hits him in the, in the foot, but he, he can't pull the trigger fast enough. No, yeah, the shooting is a, it's a big problem. Like Again, you look back to his, his film, before he was drafted and this guy was just ripping the puck anytime he had the chance now i don't see him shoot the puck and when he gets the chance he's whiffing he's missing the net and it's it's the prime chances too it's not like this is just off the rush and you're you, you just get a chance to rip it in he's, he's on the power play on the right side takes a one-timer he whiffs like those got to be goals obviously he's young but those got to be those shots got to be in the net it's gonna come it's gonna come i'm hoping so i'm just i'm the, the one thing for me is that you gotta you gotta take a young player like that who has the talent and set him up like put him don't don't set him up for failure put him in a spot to succeed and that's what's concerning to me but look yeah. I totally agree like look like why is he not on the first power play in that bumper spot I understand he's a lefty I understand that you want Suzuki as the trigger man on the right side who needs to make the pass to the bumper necessarily and you want it to be a right shot but we're 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 lacking right shot forwards and the truth is is that if you put him in it like Slav has an amazing shot when he uses it. We've we've seen it like he okay. Look back to the interview that he did with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Marrick on Thirty Two Thoughts back before his draft season, uh, before his before the draft, when he won the MVP at the Olympics. The biggest, the big. I, I listened to the whole podcast. He's an awesome guy, uh, Slav. He he has a great mindset. He know he knows what he's doing. The one thing he said is that I shot the puck. I was shooting the puck, and it was working. Because it was going in, right? The more you shoot, the more obviously it's going to produce some goals. Like, where's that slap? Where's that notion? Yeah. Where's that ideology? And why is that not being followed up on by this Habs brass, right? Like, that's... Well, this could definitely be a confidence thing. This is why you got to send them down to the AHL and yeah. let them, let them, you know, play in an easier, easier role. And, you know, the place where he's going to be that guy guy to get the puck on his stick so i don't understand that reluctancy though i really would like to know what's going on there like mm-hmm. why is there a reluctancy to send the 19 year old forward down to the ahl yeah when the team had, sucks when the team is not good and why does there a reluctancy to send him to, to the world juniors to play for his hometown on a pretty decent team 
when yeah. the team sucks. Like if it's about injury, then you no, you can't worry to. about that because you can get injured anytime. And if, yeah, you if you're getting injured, well, sorry, that that it's just bound to happen. But you have to, but, but you have to take chances to put players in the best chance to succeed. Yeah, and, exactly. And what sending that slab down to the AHL? I mean, I don't, I don't, whatever. Anyway, we'll we'll keep it at that. Look, we're already 31 minutes in, which is pretty crazy. Um, we've been obviously, as you guys could tell, pretty upset. And let us know what you guys think, because obviously, like, look, like, write us down below. Like, are we overreacting? Is it too soon to make these comments, or are these comments justified? I mean. Look, I mean, we're passionate, so naturally, this is how the this is the course that we're taking. But yeah, um, look, let's Liam, let's look to what's coming up for the for the yep. Habs. Um, yeah, so Montreal has a game tomorrow night, October twenty first, against Washington in Montreal, and then they're facing Montreal in Montreal uh, in Buffalo. They're going to Buffalo. That should be interesting. Um, let's see if Mister Devin Levi is in nets for that game. Yeah, that would be pretty cool for him. Um, and then following that, they're on a back-to-back where they face New Jersey in Montreal. They have a pretty heavy week. And then they're on to Thursday against Columbus um, on Thursday in uh, in Montreal. And then Saturday, they finish off the week against the Winnipeg Jets in Montreal, Montreal as yeah. well. So, Liam, there's – well, we won't count the Saturday game because hopefully we'll be back Friday for, for, some, for some more content. Um, but looking at Washington – Buffalo, New Jersey, Columbus. Four games in in a in a in the span of six days, five, six days. What's the record for the Montreal Canadiens in those games? I'll break it down. We're gonna we're gonna lose to Washington just because I think, you know, Ovi's been tough. Uh he's he's been having a tough start to the season. He's gonna pick it up. He's always good against Montreal. So loss against Washington. I'm gonna go loss against Buffalo, another team that's trying to pick it up right now. Um loss against the Devils. Too good. The Habs can't handle that. I'll go a win against Columbus just because they're, you know, the only team that you can keep up with. And then, honestly, against the Jets, I, th- I think we can pull off a win as well. The Habs are usually okay against the Jets in Montreal on Saturday night. Hopefully we can pull it off. So, overall, we're going we're gonna to lose three in a row and then win two. I could like be worse. Too, could be worse. It could be worse, and I think you're being a little bit too optimistic, but that's that's fine. I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna take a win against Washington. I think that yeah, you know, Washington needs to turn their stuff around. But let's be honest here. I don't. I think that their times of being relevant are over. I think they're gonna lose to Buffalo. I think that. I yeah, they're gonna lose to Buffalo. I think they're gonna lose to New Jersey. I think that they're gonna beat Columbus and lose to Winnipeg. So two and three. Just I'll take my win at the beginning of this stretch. Um, do you have a player of the week? Do you see, is there one guy in particular that you're going to see sh- that you think is going to show up this week? I think Caulfield's going to continue to show up. You know, he hasn't three shown, three games for him. yeah, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. There was some speculation that, uh, Suzuki was dealing with an illness. So maybe that kind of explains why he wasn't playing too well. So I think him and uh, Suzuki and Caulfield will be able to, you know, cook a little this week. Let's not, let's hope not su- let's hope so. Yeah, not not such a hot take, but I think you know those are our guys. <laughs> they gotta pick it up. So it's fair enough. It's fair enough. Um, my player of the week, I think I'm gonna go with. I I think I'm gonna expect a big week from. Uh, I'm gonna expect a big week from Alex Newhook. I know he started off really hot so far with three goals in three games. Two of those goals came in the first game against um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think that he's going to continue that trend. 
And I think my my take, I guess, is that maybe he'll find his way onto that first power play some way or another um, throughout this week. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and hopefully that second line can produce a little bit. And maybe, and maybe, just maybe, Uri Slavkovsky gets some looks with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. But that's but that's uh, that's if we're extremely lucky. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any last comments there, Liam? No. Do we want to make a hot take here for uh, Saturday Saturday night's game? Let's do it. Give me your hot take, Liam. All right, hot take. I mean, I did say Montreal would lose, so I got to stay consistent with that. So I'll give an opposite hot take. I mean, maybe it's not that hot, but I'm going OV Hattrick. Tanner Pearson scoring one, though. <laughs> OV Hattrick <laughs> is honestly not even... Like, maybe at this point in his career, might be a little bold, but this guy always performs against Montreal. Except when Price was in Nets, but he always performs against Montreal. Um, okay, I'm going... Uh, I said my Montreal Canadiens win. I think that they take it over Washington. And I'm going with a Gordie Howe Hattrick from Arbor Jacki. I like that. A goal... Like that. A go- what is that? A goal and assist and a fight? Is that yeah, it? Yeah. There you I go. Mean, Gordie Howe lot- Hattrick from Ar- Lock it in for the fight. That that's just bound to happen. Lock in the fight, and I'm locking it in versus Tom Wilson. Lock that in. That's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. That would be awesome. That would be awesome in front of the in front of the fans. Get everyone going. Maybe bring up the spirits here in Montreal. Um. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you guys for watching. Let us know what you guys think of our takes. Let us know what you think of our rants. Are we too op- uh, optimistic? Are we too pessimistic? Should we be a little bit more optimistic? Anyway, let us know down below and in the comment section. But as per usual, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. And we'll, we will see you guys again next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.